Hey, my friends, welcome back to Moonshot Entrepreneur to another episode. I'm so glad to be back. And as you can make out from the voice quality of this episode, I'm sure that you'll have figured out that I'm back home again. I'm really sorry about the last episode's sound quality, but nevertheless, we are going to have a lot of fun today as we dive into the second part of the episode I aired last week. It's about being a Christian in day-to-day life, and I shared a few lessons from funeral ministry which apply to our day-to-day life as Christians in general. And today I'm going to do the second part about this. I can't wait to share these insights with you and I hope these will bless you big time. So let's dive into this topic. Hey friends, welcome to Moonshot Entrepreneur. This is the place where we partner with God to build His custom design calling for our life. In this podcast, you'll get laser focused on aligning your life with God and you will learn the strategies to implement true change. Along with that, you will also learn to create the time and income for the amazing dreams God has for you. Sounds like a moonshot? Well, set your expectations high, because when we dare to partner with God, anything is possible. I promise you that we're going to have a ton of fun on this journey together. So grab your notebook and pen and pursue with me your God-led life transformation. Let's go. All right, my friends, before we dive into today's topic, I just want to remind you that Moonshot Entrepreneur, this podcast, is about life transformation, and we use wisdom from business strategy, finance, and faith to do so. And I really want to know what you want to hear about. I've been talking and I've been doing episodes, I think of about 20 episodes, which I've published till now. And I really wonder what you want to learn more about, what you want to hear more about. I've also started a poll over in the Facebook group. So if you're part of the Facebook group, you have seen that. If you are not, you might have not seen it, or maybe you have seen it and not voted yet. So just let me know what you want to hear about more, what you want to learn about more, because after all, it's also your time which you're investing as well as my time. And I want to make sure that there is a match and that you learn about things you really want to learn more about. So what do you care about most? Just let me know. Is it how to be an entrepreneur or how to start your first business? Is it um, what to what what would be like good areas to be an entrepreneur from home? Is it understanding inflation or is it how to apply your faith to your job? Are you really interested to know more about investing and would like to start doing so and just need some help with that? Do you need strategies to achieve your life goals or are you just looking to break the being busy cycle? Because all of these things I have something to share about, but hey, what's the point if you don't want to hear about it, right? So let me know what you want to hear about it, that I keep talking about the things you really care about. And how can you let me know about it? It's simple. Just shoot me an email. The email address is support at moonshot-entrepreneur.com. You will also find the email address over in the description of this episode. Just shoot me an email. Just send me your questions so that I can try to answer them over here in this podcast. All right, so now let's dive into today's topic, being a Christian and lessons from funeral ministry. 
As I shared in the last episode, I have been taking part in a funeral ministry workshop as part of my ongoing training as a lay reader in the Church of England. And there were several things which I noted down in my notebook, and I went there expecting to learn a lot about funeral ministry, which I did, but I also learned so much about being a Christian in general and about showing Christian love to the people around me, no matter in which context I am, whether at a funeral, whether preparing for a funeral, but also just being a Christian at work, in the neighborhood, with friends and everything. And so even with, you know, people who do not believe in God. And so these are some lessons which I want to pass on to you because I truly believe that each one of us is called to be a Christian, not just at church or on Sundays or in your home, but also in the world when you're out there in your daily life dealing with non-Christians basically or people who have no hope whatsoever, but who still encounter many troublesome um episodes in their life, many troublesome faces and and who are struggling. And so in these situations, it's really helpful to know what it means to be a Christian and what you're there for, what, why God put you in their way. Um, and that this could be most probably because he wants you to bring the light of Christ into their life. Okay, so what I will do now is I will go through my notebook. I have opened it up right before me and I'll share a couple of insights which I had at the funeral workshop and I hope that these will help you too. So reflect upon them not necessarily in the context of funerals or in the context of uh, meeting someone who is struggling because their loved one has deceased or is about to um, die but instead just try to remember and apply these lessons to your daily life. All right, so I wrote down here, our conduct and treatment of each one dying, as well as the mourners, must be exemplary and of greatest quality. It must radiate the love of Christ, as well as the confidence which we have in his presence. You are not ministering in your own name. Always remember that you are ministering in the name of Christ, as well as of the church. So let me pause right here. I shared this with you because I feel often, you know, Christian ministry is like being a first responder. You are sometimes encountering situations which you do not expect. And sometimes it might be just a colleague breaking down in tears because they are having a tough time at home because they are dealing with certain issues um, like a kid being on drugs or a loved one being in hospital. And in these situations, it's especially important to remind yourself that you are first and foremost ministering to them, not in your name, but in the name of Christ. You're loving them in the name of Christ. So you better make sure that you do that in a great quality, that you make it exemplary. You know, I've noticed that or I've also received the feedback of, of one colleague who used to work with me. She had started out their job just recently, and I was the one who had to help her get to know the work and everything. And so one day she was really devastated, and, and I didn't know that because she had gone to her line manager 
um, and told him that she has had an abortion and that she was really sad and needed to take off a few days. And of course, um, she was granted that. Um, but she said she she really was devastated. She didn't get any kind of empathy. Of course, he was saying that he was sorry to hear that, but there was not a real kind of connection. And when she told me that she has had an abortion, the way I reacted to her and responded to her was so different for her that she really felt some kind of love and acceptance. And it just opened up an entire new realm of being connected and of knowing each other. And we have become great friends after that. But I'm just mentioning it here that, you know, when I did that, I was not conscious about what had happened before in her life. I, I was not, I didn't know what was the situation with her line manager and herself. But the way I responded made such a difference. And I'm sure that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart at that moment and that he helped me to react in a good way, even though I was busy or maybe absorbed in my own uh, world or problems, that I was able to respond in a, in a good way, in a way that she felt seen, in a way that she felt loved, which made a whole lot of difference in her life. And she said that, this really made such a big impact on her heart that ever since she felt much different to come to work. And so this is just a little example. And the things which I noted down just reminded me of that, you know, that we must be aware as Christians that our conduct and that our treatment of those who are mourning must be exemplary and that it must be of great quality, of, of great genuineness, not just, you know, doing things for the sake of doing things, but truly caring. This just leads me to the second point I want to share with you, which I have noted down here. This is actually a testimony of someone who was taking part in the funeral workshop, so a colleague um, who is a deacon, so who was training to be a priest, and by now he must have been ordained, I think, a couple of days ago. Anyway, he was sharing that he was actually standing in a in a in line in queue to pay for um, the things he had bought. He was about to buy at the grocery store when he immediately received a sudden call from someone, and he was asked to go there and visit someone who was about to die. So the daughter of the person who was about to die called him up and said that he has to come. And so he tr he asked well, can I come tomorrow? And and she said, well, you can come tomorrow, but I think it will be too late by the time. And so he left everything he had. He left at the, at the, at the shop and he just ran out, grabbed his bike and cycled home, grabbed a few resources, prayed and went straight to their home. And so when he shared this, um, it was really important to see that most of the times we are not prepared to attend a call. We are like a first responder, you know. You never know when God is calling you to do what, but when you receive that call, just be prepared to um, respond immediately, not to put it off. And make also sure that, you know, um, that you listen to God and let him guide what you are to say to people. Sometimes he has a little message for them. And sometimes what we do might not be the perfect thing, but it's always important to remember that God can make 
our mess um, and shape them into meaningful actions and words. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So this verse really speaks to the fact that often, you know, we, we might do things which seem incomplete and imperfect, but God will make them perfect and meaningful for the people receiving the ministry. And when we respond genuinely and immediately, this speaks volumes about, not about us, but it speaks volumes about God's love and the church being there for them. And when I say church, I'm not just speaking about an institution. I'm not speaking about the Church of England or I don't know what else church you might be going to. But I'm speaking about the church of Christ, the church of Jesus responding to them. And the church is not an institution um, or a building, but a church is made up of each and every believer around this world who believes in Christ and lives according to his commands. And so we are represent Christ as a, as a community. And so when we respond in a good way, when we respond immediately, when we give priority to the needs of others over shopping or over the other things, which are very legitimate and which are really important, but when we put priority on others first, this speaks volumes about God's love and about us as a community racing to be there for other people, especially when they most need it. So this is what we really need to, to be aware about. And then another thing which I noted here, which also goes hand in hand with the things which I just mentioned is this. Christ is the one you are representing. And as a priest as well as a lay person, you bring the peace of Christ to every situation. In your ministry, you bring peace by the way you go in. So when you go in, you know, with an attitude or just all angry or resenting and with bitterness, it doesn't mean anything. By that, you're actually tarnishing the name of Christ. But when you go in in peace, in calmness, in hope, you actually are uh, bringing a piece of Christ, a, a portion of Christ into that situation. And that in turn will bring the peace of Christ into the situation, P-E-A-C-E, peace. And moreover, a big piece of being a Christian is prayer. And when you go in, don't just be there without ever mentioning Jesus or prayer. You know, many people might be non-believing, and I often struggle with that, or I have often struggled with that. I've become much better, but I'm not saying that I've overcome this area of my life, but I sometimes still struggle with the fact that some people are, I'm good friends with, are non-Christians. But especially when they struggle, I often say that I will pray for them, or if they allow it, I can pray with them. Or um, I'll just say that I, I pray for them. And that makes a huge difference, you know, knowing that they are prayed for shows another level of care. And even those who are agnostics or who are really resisting Christ, I've often found that 
they would actually, especially when they are in trouble, that they appreciate prayer. And so if you get a chance to pray with them, if they allow it, do that. I can recommend it. I've heard uh, many times that prayer makes a difference and that recounting God's faithfulness to several people in the Bible and connecting um, that specific person who is suffering at the moment to the Bible and to the love of Christ uh, makes such a big difference. And so try to be gentle, but try also to be sensitively confident um, in the way you show your care and love to the people who need it the most. And a big part of that is also not to rush it. You know, it's sometimes easy to think, oh, okay, I'm going to respond right now, but also take a time out. Be sure that you connect with God before you respond. And sometimes it doesn't have to be long hours of prayer, you know. It can be in a situation where the people is that where the person is just standing in front of you, that you take a moment in your heart to say, Oh God, please help me to respond in a loving manner. Let me know what I should say to the person. And that's just, you know, a simple prayer from your heart. And I'm sure that the Lord will, will show you in your heart how you can do that. So do not rush into the situation. Stop, be calm, and reflect before going in and pray about it. And try also to be calm in order to be effective, you know. It's not just about... um about responding in any way because anyone can do that be aware that you're a christian and try to think about things ahead is there a bible verse you could share with them is there what could be of help so that they start to see christ you know sometimes it's not just that people need someone to hug them or to um i don't know do some practical stuff yes all these things have a place but the most important thing is to bring Christ into the situation and that is often through prayer, through being compassionate, through being loving in your words, to be merciful and kind and to show grace and to really share the word of Christ with them. So use a calm and reassuring voice, the still small voice of calm and especially important uh, what, what I also train when or what we also train at church when we are, people are thinking of a pastoral care, do not overstay, okay? When you go in and visit someone who is in need, or when you talk to someone who is in need, yes, you need to share Christ. Yes, you need to be there for them, but don't stay longer than necessary because you are not a carer. You are not... Um, so just just be aware of your role you are there as a christian as a friend but not as a carer necessarily yes you can do things which you really can do but you you shouldn't um, impose yourself or bring yourself into another role and then get frustrated because you're not able to fulfill that role for a for a prolonged period of time so chances are that if you have a job if you have a child if you have if you have a family and if you have your own set of problems and struggles and challenges to deal with, that you cannot be um, a carer for a prolonged time for someone else. So don't um, raise expectations and then disappoint them. Be sure that you only jump into things which you can fulfill with the help of Christ. Another point I want to make is this. 
Don't say anything about yourself. Let the focus be on the deceased and his family or her family. And don't say, I know exactly how you feel. So it's quite simple. We are all humans. And if you are not trained, usually to, to listen in an appropriate manner, this will happen to you. Because you have often, you know, friends who tell you about their vacation and suddenly you start to speak about your vacation. Well, spoiler, they were not actually trying to hear about your vacation. They were trying to communicate something to you. And by just saying that you know exactly how they feel and how that you have had something similar. Well, the thing is that they don't care at that moment. They need someone to listen. And it doesn't, it, it is not true that you know exactly how you feel because it is not your dad who has passed away or it is not your child who has run away from home because it is not you being in that specific situation where your husband is abusive or whatever it might be. Yes, you might be in a similar situation, but you are not exactly in the same situation. So never ever say that you know exactly how they feel about. Do not share about you or take the limelight in that situation. Just be there and listen and let them unload the things they need to unload about. Also remember that you sometimes have to be a peacemaker when there is conflict or confusion in the family. Sometimes they might be going on or even bursting out into anger in front of you. And sometimes you might have to guide them gently, very gently, without being pushy into the right direction. And this is also, you know, being a peacemaker for Christ, bringing the peace of Christ into the situation, but make sure that you are not pushy or being judgmental or bossing people around as you do that. Try to Focus on the things and try to think about how Jesus would handle conflicts. You know, in the Bible, very often there, there was this kind of tension between two disciples, between Peter and John, who used to sort of, I think they were in a kind of competition. And very often Jesus would have to deal with that situation and to tell them that they are not to compare themselves um, to each other. There is one passage where Jesus shares with Peter um, how he is to die and, and the manner of his death, that he would be put on a cross and, and so forth. And the reaction of Peter is to ask, well, what about John? What will happen to John? And this is really so um, human in, in many ways and, and comical at the same time. And Jesus turns around to him and says, well, what is it to you, Peter, if I want John to live forever? Just mind your own business. I was talking to you about something specific, a message to you. So try to think about that. But the disciples turned around and then thought that John is going to live forever. But that was not quite the point Jesus was making. But we need to be sure that we really think through these things and to think about how Jesus would handle them. And this brings me um, to uh, my almost last point. I have only three more things to share with you. So another thing which I want to share with you is try to think about the moments in time where the person who is going through a difficult time 
needs reassurance or prayer or, or just to know that someone is thinking about them and praying for them. And especially if it is a situation um, where other people tend to forget them. So uh, one such moment in time for funeral ministry is the night before the funeral. You know, as soon as someone passes away, people are quick to phone in or to see them and to um, share their condolence or maybe right after the funeral. But sometimes the time, the night before the funeral is going to be so lonely and and desolate and a long night for them. And so it will really help if you phone up the person the night before the funeral to reassure them that you're praying for them. If it is a funeral, of course, but if it is something else, just to, if, if they are awaiting an operation, just to call them up the night before the operation and so forth. So try to think about the situation the person is in and try to put yourself in their shoes and find out when they might be the most lonely and the most desolate, um, that you make sure that you do not forget them at that time, but that you reach out to them. And then I have noted down one last thing in my um, notebook here from the funeral ministry workshop. And here is the point. The eulogy is not the main point of a funeral service. The main point of a funeral service is the proclamation of the gospel. And it is about reflecting the life of the deceased in the light of the gospel as well as of the liturgy. All right. So what is the liturgy? of? For those of you who are wondering what that means, it's just the order of a service which you follow in a, in a church setting. And a eulogy is... Um, you know, the part where people remember their loved one and share memories and try to um, speak to people about what they meant or who the person was in their life and um, how, what, what a great loss it has been. And so the eulogy is not the main point of the church service, but the proclamation of the gospel is. And, you know, in any tragedy, just remember this. The tragedy or the life uh, with, with the sad ending is not the point of any situation you are in. The point of the situation you are in, the main point, should always be the proclamation of the gospel. And the proclamation is this. We have eternal life in Christ. We are forgiven. And as long as we have breath, we can turn our lives to Christ, we can repent, and we will have a rich life full of grace, full of joy, full of peace in the midst of the greatest um, adversity, in the, in the midst of, of the greatest um, difficult uh, struggles and, and challenges, we can remember this, we are not alone. And this proclamation is actually the main point of anything you encounter in your life. So make sure that you also proclaim that and that any situation is reflected in the light of Christ's love for us. And this brings me to the last and final point, which has nothing to do with the funeral ministry itself, but which I heard today, not today, sorry, on Sunday from someone who shared a word at um, our church. 
He was there sharing about the worldwide church. As you know, it was Pentecost Sunday, so we remembered the birthday of the church and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And as part of that, someone also gave a talk about their work in the worldwide church. And one thing he said really stuck with me. He said this, you know, people are not entitled to anything in their life. In general, people are not entitled to food. People are not entitled to a job or clothes or, I don't know, to a family even. But God says something really profoundly deep in his word. Romans chapter 8, 38, verses 38 and 39 says that we are entitled to love. This is the only thing we are entitled to. No matter where we are and who we are, God says we are entitled to his love. So Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you know, this is such a profound Bible verse. It is not just that God loves me, but he loves everyone else too. And everyone else is entitled to that love. And he has commissioned us as the church, every Christian, to show that love to the entire world. And John 3.16 says, um, actually the same thing, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So being a Christian means just that, showing the love of Christ and bringing the love of Christ into the situations others find themselves in so that people receive what they are entitled to receive. Okay, my friends, I hope I didn't promise too much. I hope that this episode blessed you big time. Don't forget to go to facebook.com groups and ask to join the Moonshot Entrepreneur Group. You will find the link to the Facebook group. Just scroll down in the descriptions below and you can just send me a request to join the group. Do not forget to use the poll and vote for the next topic you want to hear about here in this podcast or just shoot me an email as said before you'll find the email address below i can't wait to hear from you soon stay wrapped up in christ's love until next time real quick before you go if this podcast blessed you in some way the number one way you can thank me is by leaving me a written review for the show over on apple podcast i seriously am lit up every time i hear from you guys so if this show has impacted your life in some way, just let me know about it. And here's the second thing you can do. Take a screenshot of this episode or of your review and go share it over on Facebook and tag me. God bless as you dare to make the change.